Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast, home of the Interspace Defense Force. Join us on our mission to protect the packed worlds and surrounding allied systems from the many dangers that threaten our worlds. You, too, can contribute to the strength that maintains our way of life that we live and love. Join the IDF today. IDF, IDF, IDF. Sounds Don't like a it. cult. Don't do it. Okay. Case <laughs> face. They trying to get us to join a cult, guys? The, the, yes. She will try to recruit you. Don't fall for it. I'm gonna, I think we should turn the ship <laughs> around to, after. Well, they yeah, handed out all of these drinks, back. and they told us to drink it at the same time. So. We have no free snacks and lubricants. <laughs> I'm in. Lubricants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am properly lubricated for this uh, event. I oh got my. some mead <laughs> today. I mean, oh. people at Scruff home could not see now. the glass, so you can just imagine exactly what he means by that. Yeah, just imagine Jeff, Jeff in a smoking jacket next to a stone <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> I mean, Scriff is very well lubricated now. He is. You can literally <laughs> take Scriff and shove them on the ground and they'll keep sliding. <laughs> yeah, you can use me to mop the floors now. What's that one oil fighter from Street Ew. Fighter? Hakan? Hakan. Hakan, yeah. Oh, oh God. No. The most disgusting <laughs> Street Fighter character up. ever. <laughs> you mean sexiest Street Fighter character. <laughs> oh, no. That's, no. No. Down this run, everyone run. Steer away very fast. Yeah. Street Fighter 4. Sorry, I just oh, Google that real it's quick. It's on the ship with us. <laughs> <laughs> this ship is thick with Yasokis. I love it. It is thick with the Yasoki. Like very thick ten C's. Is that how many siblings you have? Yes. <laughs> no, I think I have eleven. Yes. But God not any C's for Scriff himself. You ask me this question, <laughs> Cooper, and I have to go counts. count. I gotta go count. <laughs> Every time. I gotta go count. To the list. Yes. Ten siblings. Ten? Yes. Okay, yeah, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. Right, what's what's happening, Adam? What are we doing? Yeah. Well, you guys had just pulled up near Triaxis into the upper atmosphere after jumping into the Pact World system, and you had communicated with the Sun Siren. So, why don't we go ahead and get right into this? I am Commander Vin Harkion of the Interspace Defense Force and Captain of the Starship Sun Siren. A meeting was requested of us, and so we all find ourselves here. Tell me, what can we do for you in the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume <laughs> 3, Chapter 13? The luckiest of episodes. I'm ready for it. This is the Starship Second Hand requesting permission to dock. May we first communicate onto the nature of your request to speak with us. Five-E reaches over Scriff, fingers the comm, and says, Second Hand is currently carrying a number of wounded civilians. We had an altercation with an intergalactic criminal. We have several that require medical attention. I am doing the best I can, but I am not a doctor, nor am I rated to handle 11 patients simultaneously. Hmm. I see... Please wait for just a moment as I have the ship scanned. Soul will sigh very heavily and has been rolling their eyes the whole time. 
And we'll just lean over and say, Finn, darling, I'm so glad to hear you've finally grown some caution, but perhaps you have time to see an old friend. There's a few moments of silence. Ah, I knew. Uh, Our descensors detected a strange solar wind blowing through my system today. Oh, I love her. <laughs> but for Saul to come to me, unheard of. Yes, well, currently my desire to never see your very lovely face again is being overwhelmed by the need to have a rather candid conversation. Might we come aboard? Of course. <laughs> Not her real voice, is it? After communications breaks, 5e looks at Sol and says, You seem agitated. I was not aware that you knew this individual. I did warn you that she's quite a lot. It's complicated, all right? It's complicated. It's complicated. Everything on this ship seems to be complicated. Perhaps you could enlighten us a little bit. I'm... She works for the IDF. Um, as you can probably guess, I'm not exactly great with authority figures, but... Um, We've worked together in the past, and, uh, and you they- You worked with the IDF? Contract. Uh, and they kind of are worrying the big gold she piece that's like in their tongue ex. across their teeth. Things mostly good, but, uh, not everything goes to plan, and I'm currently in quite a bit of debt to her, as it would seem. Credits? And, uh, yes. Though it may have progressed to the point of favors, we'll find out. When possible. With the IDF, with her in particular, credits over favors whenever possible. So you know. Understood. Yeah. She mentioned something out here. Is there like storms in space or giant monsters floating through here? As Pons kind of looks around out the windows side to side. I don't see anything. It might be talking about just the general problems that have been going on in the drift. Uh, perhaps. So your ship pulls closer to the sun siren and it's this very sizable painted fully white affair with these green stripes that run down it it's classy but also a bit loud and you bring yourself up alongside this ship and it has this equipment that you can lock onto the bottom of, so you guys barrel roll under, clip onto it, and then it pulls the ship up and flips it over upright. And you guys dock on the sun siren. Do you make any preparations before you leave your ship? Uh, 5e will check all the patients in the med bay one more time just to make sure that they're stable, no one requires any attention. Um, he'll also take the time to... Um, Go back and have a word with Marani. Okay. We've just docked on the Sun Siren. You may wish to make communications to the VI unit back at your house. It's possible that we could begin renovations, but he would require clearance codes from you in order to kickstart that process. And if you wish to be emancipated from me, then these are the authorities you would need to speak to. Well, I suppose that the home of the people who took care of me should be repaired, not that... I see any great meaning behind it, but as for those who may take care of me, we'll see about that. You are under no obligation to remodel if you do not wish to. It is your property now. Well, many of my finances are tied up in projects that the 
dervish saw fit, so I do not have great wealth that I have access to. That is potentially something that the IDF could correct if you wish to speak with them. You are not required to attend the meeting. I, however, must go speak with the station captain. I will return shortly. Alright, so he watches you depart, and you're not quite sure what he plans to do yet, but I guess you'll find out. Sol is going to, immediately after the comms end, be like, if I'm going to do this, I have to go make myself presentable, be right back, uh, Scriff, and yes. we'll pull out a comb, run it through Scriff's fur, and then walk off trying to tangle their hair into something. <laughs> <laughs> Portable pomade. That's wonderfully disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Good old, old Luby Scriff. Use the resources available. Second-hand pomade. We can start a business. Oh. <laughs> I'm so down for that. Mm, are we leaving cargo on the ship? Yes. Coming with us. It's okay to leave there. That. Let's put it somewhere like close the door. Let's keep cargo in the cargo bay. Yeah. <laughs> lock with, the with door. His hoard. Yeah, locked up everything. They've got their hoard there, but leave them locked mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Okay. Are we worried about keeping uh, awareness on the status of the patients? Or are we bringing all of them with us? No, we're not bringing them with us. Um, I mean, the ones that are well enough to transport, if they want to come aboard, I guess they could. But I think it would be better if we had the meeting and then came back for them. Yeah, at um, most, I'd okay. say we bring Nima. Okay. Yeah. Nima's and been I mean, chilling with the rest of your siblings, correct? This yeah. entire time? Okay, so I think Koto has spent most of her time traveling to the station with everyone in the with all of Scripps siblings so I think if Nima's gonna go Koto's gonna tag along with Nima as well just because I feel like they've kind of made some kind of friendship or some kind of understanding at this point absolutely yeah I think right. of the dovetails Nima would probably want to know what's going on with the situation that all the family more or less is about to get put into so she definitely seems ready as you guys open the airlock and the stairs <laughs> go down into place so the second-hand crew begins to depart and onto this large landing platform at the base of the ship. I will say as we depart, Sol comes out, and they don't look that different. Like, the gold accents on their face are clearly touched up and on point. Their hair has been mussed and messed with, but isn't actually that different. But their demeanor is different. They are walking, like, transferring weight from one hip to the other. There's something more <laughs> delicate and feminine about their demeanor. The the tails of their headband are pulled over one shoulder and they keep kind of fiddling with them. Like there's a different posture happening here. The crew of the second hand steps out onto a wide and sweeping deck where engineers move between a small pack of short range fighters, keeping them prepped and ready for combat. A group of IDF members approach the ship as you disembark. In the forefront is a tall woman with elven ancestry wearing a green and white military outfit. Her short, golden hair flows to one side before ending in a rich green tent, while a splash of similarly colored makeup caresses her eyes. She takes a step forward and says, Greetings, crew of the second hand and sparkly little soul. Welcome back. My medical team is here to tend to the injured aboard your ship. We have some of the best among us, so be at ease. As for us, I think it would be wise to conduct our conversation in a place more 
comfortable than a ship dock. Please follow me to my quarters. As she speaks, her emerald eyes sparkle as they pass over the crew one by one, stopping for a long moment to linger on Sol. Then, with an elegant flourish, she turns and begins leading all of you through the ship. Passing the decks of the Sun Siren, Scriff, you take note of the craftsmanship and sleek design. It occurs to you that the blueprint of this ship has all the hallmarks of the designs originating on the Burning Archipelago, the magically encased city that circles the surface of the system's star. The name of the ship suddenly makes a fair bit more sense. Along the gleaming passageway, you encounter several groups of IDF troopers. They stand and salute as Vin Harkion smiles and passes by with a nod. It's clear they have a great deal of respect for the ship's captain and commander. So having passed these people, you get to this door which Vin palms open and it slides aside. And you move into a fairly sizable room, but it's not as lavish as you might think. In fact, it's actually pretty bare bones. And there's a table with several chairs on one corner of it. And she walks over and sits down in the main chair. Please join me so we may discuss all the intricacies of the problem ahead of you. Before Scriff sits down, he sweeps this room for bugs. Okay. You find one cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Dennis is like, oh, Incredible. She goes over, picks it up, <laughs> throws it into space. <laughs> she rolls the window down. Yeah, rolls the window down. They just get sucked down. <laughs> My hair will never be the same. That's uh, engineering? Uh, yeah, sure. 39. I don't even know why I ask for these checks anymore. <laughs> like, engineering or computers. Oh, yes, Jeff, let me tell you everything I mean, on all my hey, secrets. Yeah. That was a nat 20, okay? <laughs> okay. Wow. So are you using cat to vroom, vroom, sweep the area? Oh, yeah, vroom, absolutely. Vroom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this little uh, beam of light comes out. Beep, 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 scans the whole room. <laughs> I need to get a like a flip phone style uh, cover for a cat so I can go <laughs> Star Trek. I like yeah. that it went from boom boom to beep 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 beep. <laughs> I'm detecting no bugs or listening devices in this room and also it's immaculate. <laughs> Not a cockroach to be seen. I look over Anymore. at everyone. We're clear. And script so sits we'll down grab a chair, drag it right over by Vin and deposit themselves, <laughs> you know, both elbows on the table, kind of leaning in towards her. They lean wow. their head in and give you this big smile before looking over at everybody else. There are going to be some questions later. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. So, it was this second-hand crew that called the meeting, so please, and smiles very sweetly to Sol. Tell me, what brings you to this quadrant of space and aboard my humble ship? Tell me, have you heard of a being called the Grim Dervish? I'm going to watch her very closely for a reaction. Oh, go ahead, give sense motive then. I'd like to hop in on the sense motive as well. 
Sure. You know what? Yeah. I will roll those dice too, literally, because yeah. uh, we will know the other That's a twenty-four. I do know her rather well. <laughs> That's a one. That one. <laughs> that tracks. Thirty-seven for five. Wow! Nice. Wow. Nice. Five E's. The little like. It's on, it's on his mind everything. though, right? It makes sense. Incredible. Yeah. I only got a fourteen. So Soul and Five E are particularly tuned in at this moment. You maybe see an eyebrow move a little bit, but for the most part, she's fairly under control. She's very good. And so she looks around at everyone. I've heard it in passing. Perhaps you would care to explain what connection you have with such a being. Darling, I have wonderful news that might just make your passing days a little bit easier. They say looking up through their lashes. Happy to tell you the Grim Dervish is no more. We've taken care of at least one of his bodies. And again, I'm watching for reactions. First, there's this small crease of confusion, and then the eyebrows go up a little bit as you're going through this. And she leans back in the chair just a little bit. I feel this conversation is going to be much deeper than I had expected. What do you mean? Bodies. Seems he's able to be in more than one place at once, or at least able to replicate himself so that he has good contingency plans. And I'm going to look at Scriff with that knowledge that he might not like what I'm about to say. I'm going to look back. If you would like to scan the ship, it might help explain a few things. There should not be anything infernal currently aboard. I'd be interested to see what you find. Oh. The medical team has likely noted a few hmm. genetic anomalies in our patients as well. I had had a scan going on your ship when your lovely voice came upon the radio. So she pulls up a data pad. I think I'll retrieve that data now. And she looks over it a bit. So I know you are want to find the many unique anomalies of the galaxy and her eyes pass over para for a moment and then they look back down at the data but this mm. is perhaps your crowning achievement yosoki tieflings a dragon an anasinoi tieflings this is telling me that there are tiefling but also Yusoki readings from the same location. Perhaps you can explain that. And also looks over at Sol, a dragon? I'd also like to have a chat about a certain station commander. I think she's doing something rather unbecoming of someone of her position. And I would absolutely love to ruin her day. But that's actually a little less pressing right now. It is actually a rather simple matter, if I may interject. This station manager from Atscar's End asked us to escort cargo to the, the Vesk system. We were instructed not to open it and to take it to a destination. After certain other developments, we decided that it would be prudent to open the cargo, and we discovered the dragon. Well, an egg, to be precise, which hatched shortly thereafter. Named it Cargo. <laughs> You see she takes some notes down on her data pad. At Scar's end is a bit beyond my jurisdiction. However, I have some contacts I could possibly pass along a bit of information. 
I will set aside this matter for the moment, provided that this dragon is not dangerous to the sun siren. It's perfectly harmless. He is adorable. Not dangerous unless you've got a collection of wrenches lying about. Yes, it does seem rather fond of anything <laughs> that is shiny and made of metal. She looks around her ship that is entirely shiny and made of metal. <laughs> five, five, he's missing a foot. <laughs> five, he just realized the implications of what he said as well. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyways, looks at Scriff. It seems that this problem revolves around you. Please. Well, as Sol said, the, the dervish um, is defeated, dead, we don't know. Uh, but more importantly, the reason that we are here, I'm concerned about the safety of my family. They may still be targeted by the organization that the Dervish works for, which I presume to be Infernax, and I'd like them to be placed in protective custody, with the exception of the two of my siblings who are uh, in need of care by 5e and pawns we're happy to pay credits of course i would welcome any assistance you can offer in seeing if we can undo what has been done to them but i believe that we were taking uh, them to pawns's contacts because they had the best chance of helping them yes we believe that genetic engineering experts on akaton may be able to shed some light on how to undo what the dervish has done to the two subjects I would welcome any other help from your medical team, but I must warn you, if the dervish is capable of jumping into their corporeal forms, it may not be a situation that your security team can handle. I see. I have a few things. First, I am sure you're aware that there has been some unrest in the Pact Worlds and Viscarium due to the whole drift phenomenon that's happening. It's a shame. Indeed. Akaton is one such world that's had issues. What? Transportation of supplies and things of that nature has been very lacking recently. It has caused trouble on the surface. So going there, while not impossible, is more dangerous than it might have been before. The other thing. This dervish of which you have spoken has been operating in the Pact Worlds for a long time. And the fact that it's not simply a normal being, but one that can go between bodies, as you say, is incredibly problematic. I agree wholeheartedly. My circuits have conveyed a feeling which I can only equate with human frustration at the fact that I have not successfully eliminated the target. It's any comfort. It seems that it can only slip between bodies, which it's engineered Repaired. in certain ways. Yes, made to resemble itself. And thus, the Yasoki aboard the ship, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. As brilliant as you are beautiful, as always. <laughs> she gives you a smile, but it's a little half-hearted at the moment. The process was interrupted, though. Interrupted how? We, we stopped it before it finished. Destroyed the chambers that they were stored in. I see. They were turning into, like, little mini 
dwarvishes. Dervishes? Yeah, that, that's the word. Dwarvishes? <laughs> dwarvishes. Did you say dwarvishes? <laughs> the grim dwarvish. That's a whole other power that we have to worry about. I love it. Is there anything else that you're not telling me about this? Is there anything more I need to know? Because so you have put yourself in quite the position this time, and that's saying something for you. Consider this a friendly warning. Part of the reason we decided to come to you rather than some of my other contacts. Besides the obvious, of course, and they give her a obvious once-over. I'm sure you've noticed the problems with Drift. We believe that the Dervish is involved in that somehow. Not singularly. There seem to be other beings, entities. I don't know. It's all very confusing, and I am not entirely sure I believe or understand all of it, but there's something coming, and it might be good for you and your people to be ready for whatever it is. I hope it's not a war. Wars are very not profitable. But please... Please be aware and please be ready. Much as I do not enjoy your organization, people are going to need you, Vin. So she looks into your eyes as you're telling her this and is essentially trying to read you to the best of her abilities. I see her trying to read me. And she's one of the few people I know who can actually do that. (laughs) And I will just reach out and take her hand and give it a slight squeeze and say, I know I'm often full of bull****. But this is very important. What you're leveling here is quite serious, as I'm sure you know. And as much as I want to believe what you're saying, because facts do line up, any data you have that can be forwarded to me so I might use it appropriately would perhaps sway my understanding of this. Five, he pulls out a small hollow projector and cool. keys in the coordinates for that part of the galaxy and shows where the Metadosa system popped out and says, you might want to begin your search here. I don't think you'll find that system on your existing maps. She will match you in kind and pull up system data on a hologram as well. But it's a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than yours. <laughs> it's just ever so slightly, it's, it's got nicer features. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. more more to it. The main more part good. is that it is, in fact, different from the map that she has. Nice. Hell yeah, 5 e. way to go. Interesting. <laughs> this is an area that should have been explored space, but we have no knowledge of this system you're showing me. Oh yeah, we, we explored it. All right, yeah. Oh, well, perhaps the archives are incomplete. (laughs) (laughs) It should be here, just south of the Rishi maze. (laughs) You explored it, you say. Yeah, we flew all around, and then we popped into drift and... Interesting. (laughs) Sol is going to sigh and lean in and say, Vendia, have you met my very good friend Para? I had been awaiting the pleasure... He came out of an arm. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, darling, what do they register as in your scans? She looks down at the data pad that has all the information from the scan, and you see her eyes squint as she's counting literally how many people are on board your ship, and it's a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything 
in fact. What, pray tell, would you categorize yourself at as? Unknown, unsure. I am a stranger, but I mean you no harm. And how do you fit into this missing system and the dervish and the army and the ward? Please, I need to understand. Apollo's gonna um, like give a sidelong glance to Five E and Scriff, and then um, like as if like asking permission to give away the information. I uh, I think Scriff will nod. Five E inclines his neck servo slightly. <laughs> um. Then yeah, if if the uh, if the guys say it's okay, then Apollo will relay everything that they know, um, both from their time, uh, excuse me, their time um, in symbiosis with um, Ismenesba. And also what they know from um, from their time as a as a prisoner before it actually as well, and then you know just meeting these guys in the airlock, <laughs> like you do. Right. They like locked me do. in an airlock, you see. <laughs> <laughs> do you talk about the Cylan at all in this recap? If he's been told that he can, then yeah. Okay, so you essentially lay out everything as you know it. Mm-hmm. And at first, they are watching you with this expression of not necessarily amusement, but like still not believing what's going on here. But the more details that come out, the more pieces start to click together. And by the end, she just has this serious expression. I had said before that this was the biggest thing you had come across, Soul. And now I have to say it again. This is... And she just goes silent. <laughs> That's some what? ain't it? What can I say, darling? I'm full of surprises. When you chose not to join my crew, Soul, I thought you would wander aimlessly to the end of your days. But it seems destiny has chosen you for more. I would much prefer to wander, to be honest, but it seems I've tied up in this for the moment. As are we all now. And she closes her eyes and shakes her head a little bit. I ask that all the information you have, you are forthcoming with. If this is all true, as I am at this point, want to believe. People need to know. Everyone needs to know. Are you trying to start a panic? Can't tell everyone. Oh, 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 no, not to the general populace, no, of course not. <laughs> but the people in power who make decisions, the head of the IDF, the Vescarium, people who can do something about this. But I will need the data to back it up. And, of course, your family is welcome to stay here. In fact, Despite the fact that the IDF is very stretched at the moment due to this drift phenomena, if your family were to come on as, say, volunteers, and she air quotes, rather than, say, refugees, it would be easier to disguise them amongst my loyal crew. That's up to them. Nima, who has been here the entire time but has remained quiet, 
not knowing anything about what's going on, really, and has just oh, yeah, got a whole load quite of earful. <laughs> and she got big ears. Pipes up. First off, Scriff, this is so much more than I ever would have thought you got involved with. But since this is the reality we deal with, if being on this ship and pretending to be crew members is the safest thing to do, then perhaps that's best. Anywhere else we go might be somewhere that these Silan or these Dervish show up. So we're better than a ship that you've gone over in great detail about the defenses of, and I know is a good ship. Scriff looks over at Vin and says, you promise you'll keep them out of harm's way. I will do all that I can to protect this ship and its crew, as I always do. And if they are a part of that, they will suffer no ill treatment so long as I am here. So much hair flipping. <laughs> She's got fairly short hair, but still manages it. <laughs> I can tell. So you said you're going to go to Akaton because there's some technology that can help with these stricken Yusoki. Well, that's that's the hope, since uh, the Dervish was using some of Narian's kind of gesturing to himself for a second uh, technology in order to make the body... I don't really understand it myself, but the <laughs> weird tiefling traits that the Yusokis have. If you go down to Akaton, the storms there have been worsening lately, and communication has been spotty, to say the least. But we do know that in the cities, there is a lockdown in effect, some uprising. It may be wise to not go directly into the city, but perhaps land your ship on the outskirts and make your way in from there. My understanding is the more wealthy districts have defenses enabled during this crisis. An unknown ship may be more than likely attacked. Hmm. Well, if the storms are bad enough to block communications, then that could pose a threat. Well, I do not know if they are operative at this moment. The major cities do have train systems that travel across its expanse. Are there any messages you need us to deliver while we're there, darling? Communications being out and all? I do not know what message could be conveyed, aside from our deepest regrets. And she does seem sincere when she says this. She seems like she wants to be able to help everyone she can, but at the same time, because of all the issues the Drift are causing, she's literally only got so much she can work with, and she's not even in charge of the IDF. She's just a small part of it. Mm -hmm. Sol gets a little bit of a sly smirk as they lean in and say, No agents stranded on the ground? No. Hired Solarians you might need to pass a message to? She looks over at you and her eyes go up a little bit. Solarians, you say. So funny, you should bring that up. You know, so for the longest time, I thought all Solarians acted like you. Head oh full of space dust. 
but I actually ran into a pair not long ago that didn't make me want to constantly pull my hair out. Yes, well, you could say I'm something of the gold sheep of the lot. <laughs> you do go for that aesthetic look, don't you? What were their names? I can't remember. They, they were two handsome siblings. They were polite and respectful, and you could probably learn a lot from them, Soul. Incredibly boring, I'm sure. <laughs> Ooh. But, no, I don't think they were heading towards... Well, honestly, they didn't say where they were going. Maybe you'll find them there, but... My understanding is they, too, go where they were needed. They had some code that Salarians often have. At any rate... I believe we've troubled you enough. That would be, perhaps, the greatest understatement, Soul, you have ever made. <laughs> I'm not exactly known for being understated, so yes, that would make sense. Please, ask your capable Yusokis to board the ship, and those who cannot, my medical crew will address. Thank you for your assistance. Taki. So we'll wait for everyone to kind of start standing and we'll just lean forward and kind of run the back of a finger up her arm and say, any chance we might have a word in private, darling? She looks over and whispers back, more trouble to bring, Soul. <laughs> but I believe that I can make a moment or two for you. My eternal gratitude. And I'll just kind of look at the others and do like, shove off, Well. <laughs> 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 So the rest of the second-hand crew begin heading back to the ship, preparing to offload the Yusokis, while Sol stays behind, and Vin looks at them with expectation. Sol kind of stares at the closed door after they've all departed and shakes the head a little. A fascinating bunch, aren't they? Your ability to find extravagance in every corner of the galaxy has not been lost. And can I say it's why she loves me? I know that you know that Trust and I are not close companions, but can't help but feel like I'm perhaps being taken for a ride. Might I trouble you to run a background check or two for me? It would be a great personal favor. On whom are you asking this of? Shortlist, really. Script of Tale, the Credans of Quinessa, a contemplative named Nerians. And I don't know that you'll find anything, but I'm very curious if there's anything about a Strix named Koto. Hmm. Well, since you're going to Akaton, you might not be able to receive these reports for some time. Do you trust them enough not to get stabbed in the back, soul? This is a con, it's a long one. Ah. Your favorites! It's what I do best, of course. So, we have had our differences in the past, and we'll surely continue into the future. But I would prefer if you remained among the living. Be careful. I'll try, but trouble seems to find me, as you well know. By the way, I'd hate to leave without returning a bit of favor. I know we gave you a lot of less than useful information, but... Oh, yes, Soul, you owe me for this. <laughs> I've no doubt. But if you'd like to update your records, a certain Brandon Masters 
Maybe Cliff Masters, not entirely clear, will no longer be an issue. What? She smiles and gives a little nod. I see. Very well. Now, Soul, as much as I appreciate our little talks, and if we had more time, I might offer you a drink, but as it stands now, please, please go away. There's so much to do. I wasn't sure which way this was going to go. Get get the f*** out of here, please. (laughs) Nothing would give me more pleasure than to never darken your doorstep again, darling. We both know that will never happen. (laughs) Things seem to stay in orbit around me, don't they? Well, good luck, and uh, I hope you enjoy a drink later. You've certainly earned it. Presses a button, and one starts pouring off to the side. (laughs) Might as well get started now. (laughs) So we'll take her hand and bow and kiss her knuckles and spin around and just swagger a little as they're headed out. Rejoin oh the crew. my god. Uh, and, and as you're walking away, you hear in your mind, good luck. She knows and then I the door shuts when behind she does you. That. <laughs> right. Rejoining everyone. That's done. Shall we be off? And they their posture is back to what it was before. They flip their headband back over their shoulders and start towards this ship. So the crew gets back to the second hand, and there's this exchanging of people as all of you go on, and the Ahsoki start coming off so they can meet with those who are going to bring them into the IDF, bring them in quotations. And as that's happening, Nima comes up to Scriff. Well, it looks like this is where we're going to part ways. But don't you go getting lost in another system so I don't see you for who knows how long. You better come back. I will. Well then, tenure is good, which translates to good hunting. Taki. She reaches up and taps you on the armor a few times and then starts walking off to join the rest of the Yasoki family. I think Koto will be saying goodbye to all of them as well, having made friends with, with a oh, good absolutely. lot of them. Oh, absolutely. Like, the twins are like, oh, you should come with us instead. It would be way more fun if you're here. Uh, <laughs> uh, as much as I would love to do that and love to hear plenty more family tales and, and learn more of your songs, um, I, I do need to be heading uh, eventually over to Vesk too with everybody. But it was a pleasure getting to meet all of you. The Dovetail Clan is one that I won't soon forget. You hear the two twins in unison. Oh, man! (laughs) (laughs) And you all prepare to depart from the Sun Siren. All this time, and she still hasn't changed the name of that bloody ship. 5e walks back to the med bay, looking for Marani. I assume he's still there. Yeah, he's sitting on one of the beds, and he's looking at the two Yasokis who have been partially transformed. Marani? We're about to depart for Akaton. Do you wish to stay with us? I've thought about it while all of you were away. I see no point staying on the IDF ship than I do on the second hand. Looks around and kind of thinks about where Sol was standing. I still don't understand the intentions of everyone here, but I do not wish to remain stagnant anymore going to this 
Akaton place is at least different. Very well. I think you'll find many things of interest there. It'll be a chance to study another culture, and perhaps you'll pick up some new skills along the way. So you guys button up the ship, and the platform begins to flips around down until you guys are upside down again. Whoa! <laughs> Launches off away from the sun siren, and as it gets smaller in the distance, since my understanding is you are all heading to Akaton, please, a piloting check. See how well this goes. Piloting check coming up. Oh, not great, not terrible. That'd be a 22. 22. Thank you very much. Because this is not a vast distance through regular space, it's only going to take you about a day to get there. Yes. Oh, nice. The second hand pulls away from the gravity of Triaxis and starts its journey through space. As the crew begin to head their separate ways to prepare for the challenge ahead, Para speaks up. During our conversation, as I recounted our adventure, I remembered through my connection with Isbin Ezra that you were able to interface with 5e and use that interface to, uh, to hate him, aid him. What if we could do the same with Orcus? Like like a deep, deep dive in his mind? The 5e is a synthetic being. How would we do that with Swarkus? I have a theory that as I am currently both synthetic and organic, perhaps I could act as a conduit. If you could install some kind of mm, communicative port upon Sorkus, I'm oh. sure he will not complain too much. The idea is not without merit. I would be glad to assist. The ship is already fitted with a similar device that could serve that purpose. Perhaps if I could create a link between Sorkus, the ship, and the rest of you, that could work. Uh, I'm... I'm good with trying to become an outlet like that. That sounds like fun. Kind of wave my arms to the side. Everything is a new experience. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. You all flood into the makeshift med bay where Swarkus has been laid out. The figure of the unconscious Vesk is still imposing, and he takes up much of the space in the room. So, if Para's idea is to work, a computer interface jack is going to need to be installed into Swarkus's head. And since Scriff is the resident tech expert, Go ahead and give me... Let's do computers for this one, Jeff. Mix it up for me, the constant engineering you do. Okay. Uh, yeah, because that one's going to be such a lower it's roll. It's going to be so That's much less. It's only a 78. 24. <laughs> Ooh, That's kind of low. Okay. That is fairly low kind for you. Sub 30? What, what was that on the dice? Like a 2? <laughs> it was a natural 8. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's very middle of the road. Yep. Okay. So you guys in the last episode had mentioned that you want to do some repairs on Swarkus. And essentially yes. what happened was I got some credits that you guys tossed in. and We can rebuild him. We have the technology. I, I've Six taken million that credit We wizard. have technology. <laughs> I've taken that and added a few extra credits for good measure just to make it fair and uh, given them a few upgrades with their new eye and leg. All right. So the things that have been installed, and you guys would know this because Scriff would have to make it, 
Uh, first was a heat tracker graph, which essentially is like an extra layer that goes over eyes in order to see thermal imaging and things of that nature. So you awesome. guys need new eyes <laughs> Predator and vision. imaging. Yes. And because it was very thematic, uh, on the legs, thruster heels, which allows oh them gosh. to do like extra fast flying speed with their jetpack yes. and maneuverability. <laughs> and Swerkus is going to be pretty yeah, rad. I, I just watched Cyberpunk, <laughs> so like this is all yeah. very like visual this for is me. Great. Cyber Dino activate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's amazing. Now we can just get his brain functioning. Uh, exactly. That's what needs to happen right here. Okay, yeah, whatever rules do you I'm want here? Standing over him, staring at him for like just as soon as they get back on the ship. Yeah, with Scriff's roll, it's good, but it's not your best work, so it's like, it might work. Par it's a floppy disk instead help. of a USB. That's exactly what I want to hear before I jack into someone's brain. <laughs> Again with the phrasing. <laughs> Better Don't than worry, this is like my expertise. Game. I am so excited. So, along with the computer's check, which has essentially hooked up the ship to Swarkus's brain, let me also get mysticism from Para and Pons. If you'd like to assist on that, you can. Yes. As yeah, Para right. essentially globs onto the connection between the two. Oh, that's what we got going on. And I like yeah. hold his hand on the other side or whichever like arm he has extended. Exactly. It's a 25. 25? Uh, oh, only a 25? Right? Yeah. See? Pretty low. Well, what's <laughs> that on top of Para's? 16, so yeah. Okay, so 18 total for the mysticism. You know what, actually, I, I could just use my precog my pre roll. Well, hold on. I, uh, totally could. I can also I can, I can attempt to aid with mysticism as well. Okay, yeah. Let's just throw it out there. We're all holding hands. Yes. It's very, it's very, like, as, as very power weird. extends themselves to fit the computers and to Swarkus, they become more goopy into your hands. Yeah, and then you just have like these neuron arms connected to your goop. Oh man, that's so <laughs> cool. It. It's pretty. That's a 17 yeah. to assist. Okay, so that is a 20 total. Do you wish to use any of your rolls at this point, Pan, or are you going to roll with this? Yeah, my one. I bought my one up to a 19. Okay. Goes from a 16 to a 19, plus two assists. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, how many people are joining in? Yo. 5e's in, for sure. Hans is in. Koto's in. Yeah, Para's in. Para can't help but be in. So, Para stretches out these ligaments, essentially, to put on everyone's forehead, except for Soul. They've had plenty of contact with Para. They know what that's like. Make no mistake, <laughs> Soul is sitting in the med bay with, like, a, a data pad that's hooked into the surveillance in uh, Scriff's Are workshop, watching, watching all of this, just like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> it's, it's like when you miniaturize in a TV show and go inside a person's body, and then you're like sitting Fantastic there outside with a screen. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, I can see Magic you on the screen. It's like, I am watching yes. all of this. So Para's eyes suck down back into their head, so their head is just this blob as they focus on what's happening essentially internally. And as you link into the neural pathways of the unmoving Vesk, you are dragged into a blackened void. There's this oppressive emptiness all around. Then, slowly, lights begin to glow in the darkness. 
radiant plasma fires begin to illuminate the area. Then comes this rubble expanding out into destroyed and dilapidated skyscraper buildings that reach from above and below. Finally, a tower that reaches into the darkness. Those of you who have set foot in the city of Io will never yep. forget its visage. Bodies lie on the ground, many of them in tattered clothing, some crimson uniforms. Wrecked vehicles and weapons are strewn about the surrounding, and a light tank rests motionly with a large gravity hammer protruding from it. Before a broken gate that leads into a tent city stands the outline of an oversized vesk. Swarkis Gore breathes heavily, staring into the blue flames that consume the area. Blood from their terrible wounds dripping onto the ground and echoing loudly in the mindscape. The deep gash that 5e had inflicted on them during the first fight is still fresh. It's clear that they've been reliving the moment of their greatest failure endlessly. A small shift in their stance makes it apparent that they're aware of the secondhand crew. I watched them die. Gunned down, blown apart. Families and friends. My soldiers, the sons and daughters of the Gorogatau. No matter how hard I fought, nor how many Cylan I killed, it wasn't enough to stem the tide of losses. And now, we are no more. We are now I. Again the survivor, again the weakling who could not protect their kin. They turn their heads slightly towards all of you. I fear the same fate will befall all of you. I am not strong enough to lead you, nor do you wish it so. Your strong bonds, they look grim. They will mean nothing in the face of the Cylan and their commander. And you will face them for what we did to Bathon. Who of you will lead the way through the chaos? And as they're talking, they turn and you see that now the eyes begin to disappear and the leg falls to the ground and they're injured in the same way you'd seen them before. To be a leader means to put yourself in harm's way. A thankless job that ends with you in an early grave, but keeps those who are important alive. Even if they hate you for it, people need someone to be strong. So for their sakes, and they turn to the bloody remains of their people and bare their teeth as if attempting to hold back some emotions. Make sure that you have the will to rival the most ordained commander. And you see a tear fall from the empty chasm that is their eyes. And they clench their fists and stare sightlessly into the abyss. Fivey steps forward towards Sporkus and says, You have made a miscalculation if you believe that defeat renders a battle pointless, a battle without merit. That is not the attitude of a warrior. You ask which of us will lead, but you would not follow, nor would we. What must be done cannot be done alone, cannot be done by one, must be done by many, as it was done on Metadosa. 
So long as you are still living, and you are still living, the Garugatol have not fallen. You have to wake up from this. You have to keep fighting. It is the only way that you will ever avenge your people. Scriff will walk up to Swarkus as well and say, It's not enough to just be strong. Sometimes you can be strong, and sometimes you can make all the right decisions. You can have the plans, and it still falls apart. But that doesn't mean you can't try. If you know something needs to be done, you have to try for the sake of all those that you care about. I learned that the hard way. Anyone else? Yeah, actually, um, Power will will, will say, Swarkas, we did not know each other long, but I can see you are a fighter. Your crewmates of the second hand, they are also fighting for you. They are keeping you alive. They have repaired your body to the best of their ability. Are you here to give up? Or will you too fight? You were once our enemy, Swarkus, but now you have seen the strength of the second hand and become part with us. So let us lead and we will join in your battle to avenge those who have fallen for your family. Use our strength. Instead of saying anything, Koto has this almost like determined look on her face, but if you look closely, a tear starts to form down the right side of her cheek and just slowly falls, but uh, continues not to say anything. Like the other tears, when it hits the ground, it echoes through the room. So if I could have everyone, because everyone in their own way participated, give me a group diplomacy check. You can decide who leads and who follows. Oh, oh, me. Man. I have a plus 10 to diplomacy, but I... Did... I should have been there. I'm sorry, a plus 8. Plus 8, sorry. <laughs> I do assist. Five oh, assists. hey, nice. I got a 27. Nice. Let's assist par then. I know that's usually you're supposed like, to go, what, but you I'm going to allow you chicken? it. Get out I, of here. I, would, I would say I got that a 15, should so be lead I... that, but <laughs> You do not want me to be lead I that. I aid. I'd assume not. Uh, mine was a 22, so assist. Daddy Paul. Okay. You're the one who's doing this, like who's, who's making this happen mm-hmm. anyway, so it only stands uh, yeah, to reason. Guess, yeah. So you all say your part, and as Swarkus stands there, you see the wounds slowly begin to heal. Yes. The last and final one is the one 5e had inflicted on their side. Because, <laughs> as Richard may remember, that sent them down like the poison dexterity track. So, yeah, oh, no. that was a nasty one. Wild. And even their eyes begin to regrow. They look over all of you. When we first met, I had not expected such strength from all of you. But I am truly impressed. I see no cowards among you. They go over and they grab the hammer that's sticking out of that tank and just rip it free. Scriff will say, you think you lost your family, but you haven't. It's just changed. You're part of the second hand now. You're part of our family. So he swings the hammer onto his shoulder and says, very well, then our clans shall combine, and we shall tear the Cylan to pieces. 
Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I want to exclaim in joy, but my robot would not do that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Exclamation mark, slide up. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. He gets the uwu. How about that? (laughs) Oh, God, no. Soul's just sitting in the med bay like, do you think they're still alive? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, Para, you begin to detect more brain activity coming from Swarkus as it seems that whatever was holding them there has been broken free. We will see you on the ship. Do not keep us waiting. And you pull everyone Hell back yeah. to the second hand. I think on the outside, um, what you see is the metal frame of the SRO. Like, all the the goop of power starts, like, slapping back in, like, pulling back an elastic band to come off everybody and detach from the ship. Oh, good. Still alive. Wonderful. It was it was all over people, so sorry about that. Were we, like, were we, like joining hands, or was it literally just, like, we were all standing around and you just stretched out to touch our foreheads? I think the three, the three, the three mages were joining hands, and everybody else was just getting, like, slapped with goo. Okay. <laughs> so I think when we snap back to reality... Uh, oh, oh, there, there goes, goes gravity. gravity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, nice. We, that was really good in stereo. Um, when we <laughs> snap back to reality, Koto will kind of uh, run... Uh, immediately outside of the door and put her head into her hands and weep for just a for just a second um, and just sit there in, in contemplation Koto are you okay I I didn't want to say anything when we were in there but the Gurukatal I've I haven't heard of them where I'm from they were not players in this conflict that must mean that their fate was not a good one where I come from. But that doesn't have to be the same here. He said that you all needed a leader. And while I may know a lot about the Silent, there's... I, I, I'm just I'm just but a soldier. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to, to tell you much of anything. Any knowledge that I have about the Silent has always been reactive. I've never been able to get ahead of the curve. I've always had to respond haven't been able to take the initiative in this fight the past year it's we've suffered loss after loss after loss i've i've made friends i've dined with them and they were ripped from me just as his comrades were ripped from him and i can't let that happen anymore when i joined here i I, my initial task was to get to vesk 2 but if i can do anything to stop what happened in that reality from happening here then i think that my shifting to this reality will have been worth it. So I humbly request that instead of just being a passenger along the way, that you take me on as a full crew member of the second hand. Scriff will reach an arm out for Koto to take, to stand back up Mm -hmm. and pulls Koto to her feet. Of course, I would welcome you into our family as well. The second hand crew is not in the habit of turning away allies. She kind of like wipes her eyes dry and then stands up with a look of resolve and says, my, my abilities are at your disposals then. Then perhaps it would be a good idea for us to catalog those abilities while we are in transit. I can factor your abilities into our projected success quotient. I'm an open book, 5e. I'm happy to help out any way I can. Good. We'll start with target practice. In the next chapter of the Emergency Power Podcast! Woo!
got somewhere and we're about to be somewhere else. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.